News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 167 of the Luke Messias Show. There is a massive movement happening across the state of Texas where parents are engaging more and more in their children's education. They are deciding to participate in school board elections more than they ever have, and that has caused massive conservative victories in school board elections across the state of Texas this last Saturday. We're also – before we get there, I want to talk very briefly about uh, the news that we're all anticipating regarding Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court is going to issue a decision on Mississippi's 15-week ban on abortion. And it is now becoming increasingly expected that they will overturn Roe versus Wade. And if they do that, Texas has a law on the books that will sit, has said that abortion will immediately be illegal. The only abortion actually in the state of Texas that would be legal if Roe v. Wade is overturned is our self-induced abortion. So basically women would be allowed to abort their own children, but they wouldn't be able to have anyone assist them in doing so. That's a whole separate conversation for another day. Ultimately, um, I was actually thinking back. There are very few things in politics that have caused me to really cry. Okay, I mean, I've been involved in a lot of campaigns. I've been, I've advocated for a lot of policy, fought for a lot of things. Um, One of the last times I remember shedding tears over something in the political arena was the death death of Justice Scalia. And when that happened, uh, I was actually about to take my wife out for a date, um, and the news came forth. And I just remember sitting down and shedding actual tears over somebody who I had seen as such a strong voice for truth, but also the political implications of what this could lead to for our country and my concern over what that death would result in. We now have a situation where the justices which Donald Trump has put in place may, I think, cause me to shed tears once again. Because even though this news has come out and these leaks have come out and these draft documents and everybody's excited or angry or frustrated, it has not settled for me that this could actually happen. And I think it's not going to be until an actual um, opinion is released. But it's going to have major implications for Texas, both from a policy perspective because they will immediately be illegal. Abortions will immediately be illegal at all levels unless you are aborting your own child. And then also from a political perspective, this is going to cause a pretty significant conversation in Texas around the life issue, which I think ultimately is going to be good for Republicans because Democrats have a very hard time staying in the lane that works for them on the abortion issue. If they stay on the rape and incest exceptions and the early abortions, to be honest, uh, most Texans agree with them. And that's an unfortunate reality that we as Texans should acknowledge, work on, 
try to do better at. If you listened to our last week's conversation, you uh, had a whole conversation about theology and the church and our belief in the roles that the church would play in maybe spreading truth and proclaiming the gospel to society, which also would impl- uh, implicate and include uh, declarations of when life begins and helping shape society's understanding of human value and life, the value of that. And those are the same things that the church has historically done on issues like slavery. But the reality is that there's going to be this big political conversation. And one of the reasons why it's likely to benefit Republicans more than Democrats is because Democrats can't just say, oh, well, it's wrong that people can't abort their child in the first six weeks. Or, you know what, for these exceptions of rape or incest, we need to at least make sure that that is legal. Because they believe all abortions are legal all the time. Anyways, I'm, I'm looking forward to and in the works are a couple potential conversations on the abortion issue. So stay tuned. We are going to be talking about this issue more and more. It's not an issue we've covered, I would say, extensively over the last several months because we've been talking about the transgender issue and education and property taxes and immigration and the invasion, all these things. But what this has done is it has taken this core cultural issue and it has pushed it to the forefront of many voters' minds. And it will be a discussion worth having from now through November. And then there will be another discussion about what we do as a state if Roe is overturned. Because the most important thing at that point will be to ensure that abortions are actually being outlawed, that they're actually being prosecuted. And we have these major issues. So I'll give you a a little window into an example. One of the problems right now is that we have local district attorneys in the urban areas. And remember, that's where most of the abortions are going to happen in Texas are going to be in urban, a lot of them Democrat-controlled large counties. And if the district attorneys in those counties will not prosecute anyone, they can effectively try to keep something legal and allowed. And the Court of Criminal Appeals has basically said that the attorney general can never step in in those situations and actually try to do the work that Texas voters would want the attorney general to do. And so there's going to be discussions in the legislature if we come into 2023 if Roe has been overturned, but there are still abortions happening in Texas, there will be a conversation about what we need to do to further restrict um, or adjust the laws to make sure that these unborn children actually aren't getting aborted. Anyways, more to come in the future. Let's talk about the school system. Here's what's interesting. There is a shift going on in Texas, and it's a pretty significant one. I talked on episode 161 about Cody Harris's comments um, regarding public school teachers trying to indoctrinate children. He was commenting on an Austin ISD, um, Travis County ISD video of these drag – you know, drag people who were performing for these children. And he was saying, if this school district doesn't clean up its mess, we're going to have to do it in Texas. And the reason I said that was remarkable at the time in episode 161 was because Cody Harris had, he was elected by the education establishment. I mean, Cody Harris was elected with parent PAC support, with these liberal teacher union support. They give 95% of their money to Democrats, but the other 5% makes its way to people like Cody Harris. And they hand select these people in the rural areas that they think are going to be more pro-education establishment policy. When those type of politicians start shifting their rhetoric against school districts, you should take note. And then this week we had Northside ISD. 
So Corey DeAngelis reported on this, broke the story. And Governor Abbott, actually, by the time you're listening to this, he will have already commented on this because he's in San Antonio tonight. This is Monday that I record this and it plays on Tuesday. But this evening, Monday evening, he is actually commenting further in San Antonio on this issue. So a superintendent sends an email out to teachers and tells them, hey, uh, only 7% of NISD employees voted during our last NISD bond. And according to our superintendent, Dr. Woods, this is unacceptable. They actually go on to basically tell these employees that they're watching who does and doesn't vote in this election. And it's really important that you get out and vote for our students. And by the way, they're not saying that a vote against the bond is potentially a vote for the students, just in case you're wondering. There was not a, hey, some of you might think that it's best for students to not have a school district in massive debt. And some of you think that maybe that is what we need to do. But either way, vote for the students. No, this was a specific campaign targeted at employees of the public school system, the taxpayer dollars that were spent on this were spent specifically pushing to pass this bond. And it's really despicable. And you saw Governor Abbott, in a, I would say, in, um, in a way that he doesn't typically come out, uh, aggressively come out and say, hey, we're going to actually look into this situation and look at potentially criminal charges. And what the reason that is, again, significant is because this comes as we're seeing a movement of parents across the state of Texas. So if you were watching school board races across the state on Saturday, you would have seen results uh, across in South Texas, in San Antonio, in Austin, around Lake Travis, a ton in North Texas, in Houston. I mean, major, huge school districts that had slates of conservative candidates winning all across the state. Spring Branch ISD, Lake Travis ISD, Northeast ISD, which is my school district. My own school board member in a Democrat area is a Democrat. And I know that because his yard signs were in all the yards of my neighbors who are Democrats. I know kind of the ones, right? I've got my wife. She's very gracious. She puts up with the political signage that I put in our yard. But anybody in our neighborhood knows we're conservative Republicans based on the political signs that we display during election season. And we also know of the more outspoken leftists in our neighborhood because they put the Democrat signs. Well, our incumbent is a liberal and he got defeated by a pro-parent conservative woman. So this was a microcosm it was a window into what was happening across the state. My little neighborhood was also a reflection of what happened across the state, which is that time and time again, conservative voices were elected to the school board in a way they'd never been before. And why is that? Well, a lot of conservatives have long, for a long time not voted in local elections. I mean, if every Republican primary voter would just vote in the San Antonio city elections, we would elect a conservative Republican mayor as the mayor of San Antonio every single year, but they don't. They have for a long time not engaged on that level. And some of that's because um, Democrats have fought hard to keep those races nonpartisan, which is a joke. There is no such thing as nonpartisan. I mean, honestly, uh, 
every one of your mayors is either a, a Republican or a Democrat. But they get to run in these elections that no one votes in, very few people show up to. The people that do often be often are like the busybodies of your city. Okay, they're the people who like telling people whether they can cut their grass or not, or what they can have on their sidewalk, or their HOA presidents. And those people are the worst. I've served on an HOA board. Nice people, I guess. But those are the type of people that then engage in these local elections. And they have for a long time then dominated those positions until recently because more and more parents are waking up. Do you know the number one shift that is going on politically in the nation? If you were to tell, if you were to ask me, Luke, what is the number one group of voters that is shifting from Democrat to Republican in comparison to 2020 voting patterns to 2022? I would tell you it is parents with children under the age of 18. Think about that. Think what that means. It means that there's an entire group of people whose kids are affected by education policy. And those people do not feel like the Democrat Party is listening to them. These people, a lot of them voted for Joe Biden. A lot of them voted for Hillary Clinton. A lot of them voted for Beto O'Rourke in 2018 when he ran against Ted Cruz and came a couple points away from winning. They're not considering the Democrat Party right now. And the Democrat Party has no plan to put themselves into the conversation in those parents' minds to be considered. Because their entire message is there is no indoctrination happening. Critical race theory isn't getting shoved down your kids' throats. There's not a sexualization of children in the public school system. These are completely false. But the problem is that it's not just me they need to convince. In fact, they know they can't convince me. It's actual parents with actual kids in the actual schools. And it's also parents who used to be in public school and through COVID caught wind of the type of curriculum because all of a sudden they were watching their kids' classes because they were at their house taking them. And they said, whoa, what kind of indoctrination is this? And as a result, they pulled them out. And then they go and look at the cultural conversation happening around education and they realize the Democrat Party does not even believe that my child should be educated in an environment that is not indoctrinating them into leftist ideas. Well, then I don't want to be part of this. So these are people, again, they don't reflect all of the political policy positions that Luke Macias has. They don't. But they do have children, and those children are being educated, both publicly and privately. And they have a lot of opinions of that. And they are shifting Republican very, very quickly. And now that that shift has happened, Democrats have to figure out a way to get them back. And if Saturday is any indication, they need to change their message. For Republicans, the question is, what are you going to do with all these parents that now are on your team? Are you going to continue to recognize their concerns? Because right now they're being recognized verbally, okay? And we've passed some small policies in Texas that have tried to touch on the issue. But there has been no serious push against the teacher unions in Texas in recent history. 
If we pass school choice, any type of school choice reform, if we pass serious transparency pushes for, for parents to have complete access to all of the materials that they have, if we pass a floor, if we follow Florida's courageous leadership and pass a bill that says you can never discuss things of a sexual nature with a kindergartner, first grader, second grader, third grader, fourth, fifth, sixth, if you do in the later Grades, it has to be specifically age-appropriate, which really ties your hands. If we did stuff like that, it would rock the status quo in Austin. Because the status quo in Austin is that the teacher unions still largely control the Texas House of Representatives. They don't control the Texas Senate with Dan Patrick. They know they don't, but they have enough Republicans in the Texas House that will team up with the Democrats to kill any major reform any policy they significantly oppose. But we're seeing a shift. For school board candidates across the state, super encouraged. I will be more encouraged as I see them take actual actions. And our hope is to see superintendents get fired, reforms happening, new policies put in place. Maybe School board members who have a position now to gain access to that material, because some of these school board members are maybe one or two conservatives on a board of seven that just got elected. That used to be seven liberals and now is two or three conservatives. And they have at least access to more information to better educate the parents in their school district as to the indoctrination that's happening that can then lead to a conservative takeover of that school board. So super encouraging. If you live in one of those school districts where these victories took place. Congratulations. I hope that you further engage your members, the victors, and say, now let's put an actual plan together in our area of a way to make a difference and advance ideas that will challenge the indoctrinators in our school system. I hope you have a blessed week. God bless you, and God bless the state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.